Welcome to She Bought That DVD, the podcast where every week we're watching one new movie from our mother's giant collection. I'm your co-host, Jaylene. I'm Violet. And which movie did we watch this week? We watched In Her Shoes. And I definitely had not seen this film before. Really? Had you? Yes. Oh, yeah. Nothing. Hmm. Nothing about this film rang a bell. Nothing felt familiar. Cameron Diaz's typical stereotypical role felt familiar but everything else that happened in the film nothing was familiar about it I had definitely not seen this film before I would hardly even say I saw snippets or even I am familiar with a trailer for this film I definitely sat down and watched this movie like using the DVD around the time mom bought it yeah it was full screen it was that's my first note that said Oh, yay. Full screen. I want to say that one shot of them at the diner Mm -hmm. with the two of them in In the booth sitting across from each other. That was so painful to watch Mm -hmm. because there was literally no space for them to like there was no breathing space. It was like them pinched in the yeah shot. Yeah. And then funny enough, like in the bonus features, they talk about that scene and how it's like an important scene and the way that they filmed it. But you see the full screen that they have shot it on it was just like sorry no the widescreen that they shot it on and you just I'm like yeah that definitely is how I should have experienced this film because (laughs) this is terrible yeah it as much it wasn't like an action film and it was very character development driven I can't believe that it just kind of cut its like cut itself off at the knees to not lend itself to like more storytelling by like losing that yeah in certain areas I don't know I didn't have a good experience with that that was like my first thing that drove me crazy can't figure out why mom bought this dvd but it came from our favorite little yeah the the rental place yeah home the home sorry the family-owned. Yeah, Gone Hollywood. Yeah. That's where it came from. It used to have a price sticker on it. And again, it's been poorly rubbed off. I actually think it was me who did that. I think it was me trying to classy up our DVD collection and just like remove. I think that's one of like the first rounds that you sorted through the DVDs. Like this isn't this one we've had in the collection for a really, really long time. Well, I have a fun fact about this specific film, which is now reconfirming your question that you had a few episodes back about like how many movies in a specific year we own. This one's a 2005. You have that list. Yeah. So 2005 is our most populous dvd release yes. year that we yeah. have fall closely by 2004 and 2006 so within those three years is when we have the most amount of movies that were made or came out in yes. that time range which is what i had guessed you, guessed. you yeah. guessed it right on the nail and i funny enough said those three i was like it's going to be between these three that so range, like yeah. we both guessed that correctly and the fun fact about this is this is one of the very first movies that went straight to dvd and did not have a vhs release therefore you are correct and the fact that we bought it from a rental store so it had probably been out we probably bought this in 2006 this is probably 
in the 100s at this point of like how long we've had this. So do you remember years ago you tried to go through and watch all the DVDs yes. and you try to catalog them? Do you have the document from that? Because then you could see how many movies did we own back then and which ones were in the initial purchase, like pre-moving. Yeah, that's actually a good point. I don't know if I do actually, because I went through my hard drive in COVID and I got rid of some stuff and I feel like that would have been on that mm. hard drive. Okay. However, my dinosaur HP computer that I still own. Might have the original? Yes. Okay. Because I would have been transferring... I would have been doing it on the Acer um, laptop that we had as a kid that had like Windows XP. And then I got my own laptop. So I moved like files that I was using onto that. It's more a question of if I can launch that computer, like if it'll turn on for me. I'm pretty sure I could be able to get it to work. The one thing, though, is I only cataloged our side. I didn't catalog Oh, the yeah, adult that's side. when it was split yeah. on different shelves. Okay. Yeah. So like on... Both sides of the room were DVDs mm -hmm. and we had like technically the kids section, which was for us. And that was all alphabetized. And then we had the adult section, which is alphabetized. And I had a goal of going through and watching all of the kids films. This was years ago. I got to B. So I did pretty good, actually. I. How long did it take you to get to B? I don't know. Like, I feel as though. I think I did about 20, 25 films before I ultimately stopped, but I might be over-exaggerating. I'm not too sure. I like because of Winn-Dixie is the one I think I ended on. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I'm done. But then I'm like, did I get to Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? Because why did I watch that one at the old house? I wouldn't have Maybe any other you reason just to. Felt like watching it. I regretted that choice after. <laughs> yeah, I'm not looking forward to watching that one. It's long. It's the kidnapping. And creepy. Oh. And creepy. Yeah. The music in it is cute and adorable. And there's definitely like elements of it that I all of a sudden like triggered flashback memories. But this is not the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang episode. This is in her shoes. So we'll continue talking about that. When do you think you watched this? When we bought it. So like 2006, oh. 2007. You have been kind of young. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is why I was like, I when I was watching it, I was like, oh, I've, I've seen this before. But a lot of it went over your head. Yeah, likely. I was just like, OK, they're sisters. OK, they're fighting. OK, like she goes to see grandma and oh, all right, they're back together. Yeah. Like, obviously, jokes wise, I had no idea what they're talking about. Yeah, because like I look at it and it, unfortunately to the detriment of Cameron Diaz's, like, I guess, like, what she was picking up to Stere play. Like, the stereotypical role that she was playing at the time. I thought this was, like, a rom-com chick flick. No. This is a very serious tone mm -hmm. with lighthearted stuff, like, yeah, thrown it's, in. Yeah, it's an easy watch, I would say, personally. I, I watched it. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm inter interested in it. But there's like very serious topics that are discussed and pulled throughout. And yeah, again, like it's a character development driven story. Like that's the main purpose of the story. There are some special features on the DVD. I watched it. Uh, the second part of the feature, I found myself like drawn to being on my phone. But then 
the first one and the second or the third one, I actually was pretty good. I didn't watch this until last night, which is a bit rare for me. So I basically had to watch the two hour movie and then do 45 minutes of watching of the bonus features. So it was a three hour night last night trying to get this all done. And by the end of it, I was kind of a bit burnt out. And then I was like, I'm going to watch something else. And then I went down the rabbit hole because Tubi came up and I forgot to tell you about like Tubi exists as like a free platform that you can watch. Um, Tubi came up in your research? No, it didn't come up in my research. It came up as a recommended um, downloadable Xbox app. So I downloaded it so I could see like what was on it. And then I went through some sections to see if like there were any films in there that are in our collection. So it like adds to another area that we could watch. And yeah, so it's free and it seems as though every 20 minutes you get a 30 second ad and that's it. And I was like, that's actually not that bad. Like having something that's free and then being not bombarded like when you watch youtube and you're just bombarded with five second ad 15 second ad 10 second ad and then it's like back to back and you're just like oh my god your video is 15 minutes and you're forcing me to watch four ads i'm not here for your content anymore clearly i'm here to give you money yeah so when it comes to the dvd special features the first one was the people in the shoes and it went into the background of who they hired where it came from, like the story, and then kind of like the direction that we they were specifically going. And then there was like tidbits about what they had done in order to prepare for the role. So the director really wanted to make a contemporary film of people and emotion. He wanted to create characters that you could relate to their feelings. So like when someone is going through something on the screen, you truly have empathy for them you kind of understand what they're going through or you don't necessarily you can see yourself in that character he also said something like kind of really important which plays into the film about how the person who knows you the most can hurt you the most and it was the play of like rose and maggie's relationship how they're hurting each other but then through hurting each other they're realizing how much they care for each other and the use of the shoes is the symbol of each other each other's lives so the fact that i i have to like picture the people but anyways rose is buying the shoes that maggie is envious of yeah and she rose watches maggie wear her shoes and is envious of the fact that she's so confident in the shoes that she She owns. owns yeah so at the beginning, when like any movie plays, um, how they have like the projection companies or whoever, it was scot free. And there was like this bird that flew. And I was like, I honestly, I paused the video before the movie before I even started. And I looked up, I was like, I don't recall seeing like scot free productions currently. Or I, I don't recognize this logo or anything that's happening. And I'm like attributing this to like we all know like Lionsgate or we know Pixar like the thing the 20th century Fox. Fox like just your typical one so I was like hmm is are they still in production what are they doing um so I went down like a very minor rabbit hole um and it's two two brothers um Rid- Ridley Scott and Tony Scott that are their founders I believe one of them has passed away and I think think it yeah tony scott passed away in 1993 
So it's just Ridley Scott who is now directing, which I'm going to assume is who the director of this film is. I'm trying to look it up right now. This movie came out in 2005. Inner Shoes. Nope. Uh, the director of that movie is Curtis. I just scrolled past it. Curtis Hansen. Anyways, I was curious to know what other productions they have done afterwards because I don't recognize or I didn't recognize the um the logo and more popular ones than you would think like Murder on the Orient Express All the Money in the World was directed by Ridley Scott Death on the Nile obviously there's a Napoleon movie that is coming out I don't know probably it says to be announced um also House of Gucci so on quite a few popular or like known pieces had no idea this production even existed so and they also do television as well so like the good wife numbers so i thought that was really like i just started looking up a whole bunch of stuff so i thought that was really cool gotcha that's the one where it was like the painting one right and he's like like, moving around it's like no it's like a a man And it turns into a man. Yeah. Yeah. And like it flew through. I remember seeing that one. I was like, oh, that's such a unique way to like enter your company. And it made it more memorable. And it turned into that. Is that what you're talking about? Well, that's not. Maybe. That was the bird that was flying. Okay. Then yes. Okay. Yeah. And I would, but again, in my memories, I don't recognize. And obviously this is 2005. So likely they have updated it since. Um. So I'm curious to see what it looks like or when we watch some of these because we own Murder on the Orient Orient Express. So we will get to watch that one. The most recent one? Murder on the Orient Express that came out in 2000 and... Yeah, we do. No, we we don't. Yeah, we we do. I didn't put that in the catalog. (laughs) Yeah, we do. Um, I know exactly. When did Death on the Nile come out in December? Yeah, we don't... Like, it's not in there then. Yeah, because I brought it over to watch it, and it's not sitting in our collection. So we so, have one new addition <laughs> to add that I was very unaware of. <laughs> but we don't own Death on the Nile, do we? No, because that... Just came out this year. Yeah, and so... Likely will be added, though. Uh, well, DVD release has probably already happened. Yeah. How do you feel about Murder on the Orient Express? The novel? The movie. Never seen it. You haven't seen it. I watched the first five minutes of it on a plane, and I don't do well watching new movies on planes. You didn't watch it when uh, Coco was having his movie? No, I don't think so. I don't think I was kind of like around to... I think they watched that one. I could just be quoting, but they were having movie nights every week, and I think that was one of them. No, No? I didn't watch it there. Yeah, I... And I haven't been on the lookout to watch for it. Okay. Sorry. That's my bad for it not being in there. <laughs> Very unaware of that one. <laughs> I know we have... I'm going to have to find it. I know we have another murder one um, that's similar, but it's not the one that you're talking about. So I was just like, I'm pretty sure it's not where it is. So back to part two of the DVD bonus features. Uh, the second one was a retirement community for acting seniors. So they used a senior's oh, home. Man, did I watch it and think, hmm, I'm okay with retiring somewhere like that. Yeah, I am too. <laughs> it was like really nice. I thought, huh, you get to like 
feels like camp in a way, but also you go home and you have your own space and you can have people come over or you don't have to have anyone come over. Yeah. And then you can socialize and then mm-hmm. you can have a pool and you have a little activity, like mm-hmm. you have other mm-hmm. activities mm-hmm. to do. So they used a home with the patrons. So they scouted and then they found this community. They wanted to use the actual people. None of them had acting experience. It was their first time. They were given lines. I couldn't believe that. I'm I'm sitting here like, what? Yeah. Um, they So they do like interviews of them and their experience about them. For the most part, almost all of them enjoyed them, enjoyed being doing on set it, yeah. and doing it, except for the one gentleman who said he did not enjoy it because there was too much waiting. That's... That's, That's Hollywood. Yeah, the name of the game. Hurry, so, hurry up and wait. Yeah. But everyone else was just like, it was so exciting. It gave them something to look forward to. like Something call, new. Yeah, yeah. Call time was at 8 a.m. They would be done. But they found it very difficult, too, because like some of their takes were very active. And so they would do four or five takes. And so the power walking club, they were like, yeah, we had to do 10 takes over like two hours and like we don't normally walk that much and yeah so i understand but they also like are playing and having a lot of fun so it it was quite enjoyable to watch yeah they they did a great job would have never have known i wouldn't have either and um the lady who plays ella i don't have the dvd in front of me and we don't have our computer we're in a completely different setup today yeah so I don't have anything to reference, so I didn't write anyone down. I know it's just Tony Collette and Cameron Diaz. That's all I have. I no, guess you could look it up. But. I'm going to look it up because I don't even have my notebook in front of me. And all I know is their names are Maggie and Rose. Ella. Dad. <laughs> Dad, yes. <laughs> Marsha. Uh, who else was? I think it was Caroline was the mom. There's Todd. There's Jim. Simon is the fiance. Jim. Yeah, Jim was that person. Sidel is the stepmom. Yes, that's right. S-Y-D-E-L-L. Yeah, Simon. That's really it. Yeah. Cool. I'll jump to the final DVD bonus. From Death Row to the Red Carpet, the casting of Honey Bun. In the book, it was a purebred pug. However, the director wanted a mixed breed because movies have the power to influence people to get dogs after. And he wanted to encourage people that you should adopt and not shop. And by seeing a mixed mutt on screen proving. I literally was like, where'd it go? I need to look up things. Violet is just. She was turning around and couldn't couldn't find her phone. And it was literally right in front of her lit up, which is even more embarrassing. It wasn't as if it was off. Anyways, so basically he wanted to influence people to adopt uh, mixed breed dogs. So they sent a whole bunch of uh, people to pounds to find the right dog that would like be kind of young enough to pick up because it had to be a small dog too. Oh and yeah. Like it, there was like specific things that they were looking for. And it took the trainer three months to train the dog. And the trainer ultimately ended up keeping the dog, even though there were tons of cast and crew who actually wanted to adopt the dog after. Oh, so it had a happy ending yeah. for this little dog. 
Okay, so then I just have some general facts. The movie is based on the novel by Jennifer Weiner. Weiner, probably Weiner. On Goodreads, it has a 3.8 out of 5 rating. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad. I would read that if that was its rating. Yep. Wonder how it's aged. That's the only thing. Because, like, books fall of popularity, so if people aren't reading them but anymore. But even, even the movie, there wasn't many parts in this movie where I was like, ooh. Yeah, no, that's true. Very good point. The only other, like, big one that I have is Tony Collette gained 25 pounds and lost it during shooting to reflect her character. Didn't really notice. You could tell she was looking better in the yeah. second half. But I'm just like, I think there was other elements that, that were yeah. playing yes. a bit better. I would agree. The other thing I find interesting is she initially was supposed to play Maggie. She was mm-hmm. supposed to be Rose, but then Sarah Jessica Parker, no, Sarah Michelle, Michelle Geller, yeah, there you go, dropped out. So they moved her to Rose, and then Cameron Diaz, yeah, and Maggie. I just find it fascinating that it's a specific time where I think. I don't know. It's like kind of cruel getting someone to like gain weight and then like lose it to show character transformation. And I understand because like they're trying to like show a physical transformation as well as an emotional transformation. But I think like there was other things that were happening where I was just like, yeah, she's truly transforming. Like you don't need to add this beauty standard, I guess, is what I would say. My last fact that I have is the budget was $35 million and it grossed $83 million worldwide. Nice. So did, did well. Yeah. Did quite well. It doubled and made a little bit more. I'm sure it also had a following because they would have selected this book due to popularity likely. And I'm sure a lot of people who read the book went and saw it. So. And fans of Cameron Diaz, yes. I think, is another thing. It's kind of crazy thinking the specific period of time was dominated by certain celebrities and Cameron Diaz. She was in the midst of doing Charlie's Angels at this time. Yeah. And like other ones that she was in is too. But that is like the one that I can think about the early knots is that was what she was doing. I'd say that's my first intro to Cameron Diaz was Charlie's Angels. Angels. Yeah. And the only other thing I think of at the time is The Holiday. Yeah, that's right. With Jack Black, Black yeah. and I literally Jude can, Law, and think only of her and Jack Black. Titanic Lady. Damn it! What's her name? I just thought Rose. Yeah. <laughs> Apologies to uh, the lady who plays <laughs> Titanic. I can picture her. I can too. This but is I frustrating. Can't. Oh, I have a phone. Kate Winslet. Oh, that's right. Okay, on a personal level, I've got some updates. I went to the movie theaters for the first time in six years, and I saw Elvis. I am sad that that's the movie you went and saw for your first experience back. I'm happy that I chose that one, actually, as my first movie back. I don't think there's anything out right now that I wish. I wish you went and saw everything, everywhere, all the time, or what, all, all at once, or all at once, all at once. I mean, like, I had looked into going and seeing it by the time I finally was going to see it. Unfortunately, it had left the theaters. I remember why I don't like going to the movie theaters. Why? I really hate people talking. 
Like, I really hate it. During the movie? Mm-hmm. People talk during the movie. Yes. They were right in front of us. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh. And I was just like, this film hasn't been... No, this film has been out for about three weeks now. By the time, like, this gets yes. released, it's not. But, yeah, the the people in front of us... And it wasn't as if, like, we picked a busy... Like, we went at 12.10 or 12.50. It was the it, first showing. Yeah, during the day. And a weekday of all days, too? No, no it was, it was, a, it was a Sunday. Okay. Granted, yeah, it's warm out. People are probably trying to escape the heat. And, like, it's... It is, like, that was kind of my other uh, other excuse of, like, let's go see a film so we can just sit inside. But I was just like, you're seriously talking. This is driving me mad. I'm surprised. I haven't experienced that in a while. I'm I'm sorry that your first experience back was like that. My thing was you went with mom to go see the movie. And man, did you probably get there early and you just sat and waited? Nope. Okay. We didn't uh, because she pre-booked the seats. Oh. So it didn't matter. Okay. That changes things. Yeah. So yeah. No, 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 no. Which is funny. I have even a better story to go along with my experience to uh, going to the film. Brayden had the idea of like, oh, let's go to the Chopped Leaf and get food. I was like, yeah, that sounds great. We'll we'll go. And because like mom said, like, meet me out front for 1240. Movie starts at 1250. Ten minutes. Like, that's that's nothing. Right. So we get to the Chopped Leaf. I order a bowl. And we'll we'll eat in. We have plenty of time. It's half an hour. We're just walking. Yeah, you're right there. You're literally right there. (laughs) I live right next to a movie theater and I live right next to a complex. So like, it's not that difficult to get there. And so I order like my bowl and then we sit down and then partway through, I was like, oh my gosh, I never order a bowl. I order a wrap. Why did I order a bowl? This takes way longer to eat. And so I'm stressed. And I was just like, oh my gosh, am I going to finish it? It takes them 15 minutes to get her food. And now I'm like just shoveling it down. I was just like, this is even more stressful. You can't even like walk and go. It's not a wrap that you can eat or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, why did I order this? This is so stressful. And so then I look at him like I'm halfway done and we have like five minutes to meet mom. And I was just like, I'm not going to finish this. So I go up to the counter they're not too busy, but like she was taking a phone order. And so she grabs me a to-go box. I asked for a small one. I put my stuff in. I forgot to ask her for a fork. I steal the fork because like I need this. I put it in my purse and then we sit down for the movies and I'm just eating the rest of my salad. <laughs> now, here's the thing to note. You're never late for her mother. No. Rule of thumb. Well, she was early, which oh, I, no. I knew. Yeah. yeah. Never late. No, and so that was the bigger issue. It was like, oh, I just, I don't want her waiting on us. It's worth leaving the food to not be late <laughs> at that point. But I was like so upset because it was like, I've only eaten half of my bowl. Yeah. Well, your problem solved, but yeah. <laughs> well, now I have a new fork. <laughs> and then I, when we walked by, I was like, do I drop off the fork? <laughs> oh, by the way, I have your fork back. <laughs> and then Brian's like, well, just leave it outside. I was like, I'm not leaving it on the sidewalk. That's even ruder than taking it in the first place. <laughs> so, yeah. And then I I blew mom's mind because we stood in behind her at the concession stand. And Brian's like, oh, we should probably get a drink. I was like, yeah, let's get water. And then mom's like, oh, like they charge for water. Mm-hmm. And I was like, 
no, like we're not going to get bottled water. We're going to get tap a water. A cup of water, yeah. yeah. And she's just like, oh, they'll probably charge you. I was like, well, no. if they charge for the cup, like big deal. So then we get up to the front. I was like, am I able to get tap water? She's like, yeah, would you like ice? And, she, and the mom's like blown away. She's like, they gave that to you for free? I was yeah. like, by law, they're supposed to. to. You're legally, any place will give you a cup for water or will give you water. And if not, there's water fountains. Yes, if that you- I knew. If you can't. And that's it. When we go to concerts, now what we do is we buy a drink in a cup and then you keep your cup and you just go to a water fountain, fill up your cup, and then you have water for the rest of the concert, depending on what venue you go to. Because other venues that we go to, you just ask for a glass of water and they'll give it to you. Yeah. Um, the last one that I went to, they gave me a bottle of water and then she was just like, I can't give you the cap. Yeah, that, yes, that is a thing. That's a thing at movie theaters and at concerts. And I was like, okay. And then Brayden's like, smart idea. He's like, so from now on, we bring a cap. Yeah, that's super easy to do. (laughs) I was like, yeah, we'll start doing that. (laughs) But I also knew that I could refill the bottle once. Yeah. So I was just like, I'm technically just paying for convenience. Mm -hmm. I also could probably get really sneaky and bring a uh, packable cup and then bring it in because they'll be like what is this and i'm like well <laughs> it can't carry anything because it's completely flat but when i pull it out yeah. it'll be a cup yeah as if i would like throw it at someone because it'd be like 16 dollars of a cup that i would not <laughs> want to get rid of do you have anything else to add before we jump into the film no i just i had a pleasant time watching this movie yeah it was like you said you thought you're watching a rom-com Kind of thought that too. And I was like, no, they're addressing some serious topics here. There's a lot of character development. It There's like definitely two parts to the movie or two parts to the film. Yes. And no, I was, I was pleasantly surprised by it. I found it to be quite long. It was two hours and 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. I did feel as though it was quite long because we don't get introduced to the grandma until halfway until I'd say part two. Yeah. Part two. But I expected it to be a little bit sooner, but I also understand that they were building the relationship of the sisters to get to where it is. Also it's based on a book, not a movie. So usually movies, we introduce all the characters pretty early on. Yeah. No, 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 And it wasn't necessary. Yeah. Did you watch the trailers? The piracy thing. Mm, yes. Pirating is illegal. I, it made me laugh watching someone go to a black market and would you do this? <laughs> and I was like, is that how people buy their DVDs? <laughs> I, it, was, it was back then, <laughs> but yes. it is so different now. Yeah. So that was quite the throwback. However, that advertisement is on a lot of films. And I know oh, that. Yeah. I'm surprised that it's taken us this long to see one. I guess we haven't really watched movies at this time frame. We've seen closer to the 2000s and probably more closer to the 2010s. Yeah. And, and earlier to yeah. 80s yeah, and so 90s. I guess like our, our mix is not. And then Disney wouldn't have it either. No, so no. Animation wouldn't. So yeah. But I was quite surprised because I was actually waiting to see this one okay. come up for okay. quite some time. I was thinking, do I make a tally? But... Hmm. I could add a column to my spreadsheet. I think I skipped the rest of the uh I skipped the rest of the uh, previews. That's sad cuz the next one was cheaper by the dozen too. 
Oh. Yeah. And I was watching. I was like, I don't remember the storyline of this one clearly, but I like I remember part. Hold on. Wait. I want to say they go um, away to their summer vacation home. They do. And whatever his name is. Dan Levy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. The next one is The Family Stone. Do you remember that one? No. That is with Rachel McAdams. That's during her time when she was doing a whole bunch of stuff. And Sarah Jessica Parker shows up and the family doesn't like her. You didn't see it. I went and saw it with mom. Yeah, we didn't, didn't like it. Yeah, I did not see it. We pr- probably don't own it either if you didn't like it. No. Okay. And then Walk the Line, the Johnny Cash, yes. the Three Witherspoon, which I remember coming out. And I just kind of found it. I then was thinking about it more so because I had just seen Elvis. The fact that it had taken so long for an Elvis film to come out. The rights, I don't know, the the correct person to ask for the permission of yeah. the, like so many things have to fall in place. Yeah, very true. Also, um, update for Elvis, because I then learned through Elvis film. Oh, yeah. I like this fact. Sorry, just got really excited. I don't know what fact I'm going to tell you. Oh, the one that you chuckled in the movie theater about. Oh, that's actually not the one I was going to bring up. There's another fact I didn't tell you, but yeah, the fact that Elvis was going to try to play, well, I guess it's not Jack. Jack, but like who? The character opposite of Barbra Streisand in A Star is Born. And we had just recorded the episode for that episode right after, the day after. Yeah. Or day before. Day before. Day before Saturday. Say. Yeah. And I like chuckled in the theater, which was not a funny time, <laughs> but it was just like the pure like coincidence. And then I had gone home and I was like, wait a minute. I know they're not going to make up shit. Like they're not going to bring up something that's like so big and just be like, oh yeah, like I'm going to play it opposite of Barbara Streisand. It was the thing. Like that he was in the front running to yep. play and or play that role. And a star is born. So when we get to that film, we will revisit that fact and probably dive into it a bit more. But I just thought it was completely just perfect timing. In a way, yeah, in a, in, a, in a way, yeah. My uh, no, my other fact goes to a high note. Asking about Vegas residency, Elvis is known for having a lot of residencies, and I was like, how do people not get bored? Blah blah blah. Because they typically are only performing for six weeks out of the year, like three or four nights, and then it's over. And oh, that's they... so much nicer than probably touring. Exactly. So, then so much nicer than touring. I was just like, that's why people don't get bored. And then I also was watching the Shania Twain documentary that landed on Netflix recently. And oh, so cool. she had yes. a residency. Yeah. And so I was learning about her like that. So it was like... Okay, so people who have residency in Vegas, when they're signed up for five years, it doesn't mean that they're there for five years. They're there for... Like a stint. They're there for... Yeah. That's lovely. So that answers my high note question that I probably could have researched myself, but I learned learned about other things that I had questions about through this film. I just thought it was great. That's another reason why I kind of really enjoyed that film. Okay, we'll actually get to Inner Shoes, though. So we have two sisters, and they're setting them up to be quite different from each other. Maggie's the drunk. Rose is the one who's not. <laughs> Who seems to have her life together, but in her life together in such like, um, has a job, has a, has a house. Sorry. Yeah, has a place to go to, has, has money, material things, but isn't very happy. Yeah, I was going to say like she's 
got it all, but she's not, not happy. happy. And Maggie seems happy, but doesn't have the things. Yeah. Like is like is unhappy because she doesn't have the things, but is happy about how she lives her life. But she also doesn't recognize that she's hurting people around her. Oh, I think that's the goodness, other no. thing that's kind yeah. of important. How old is her character supposed to be? I would say like late 20s. I would say like she's probably 28, 10 year high school school, reunion. Yeah, that's what I thought. And I thought, not believable, but okay. And then her (laughs) mom would be, her mom, her sister would be 30, 31. Like they only seem a few years apart. So Rose gets a call from a stranger that she has to pick up Maggie Mm -hmm. from the reunion because she's completely drunk and it seems as though it was a rarity that rose actually got a man home with her which was partner at the firm that she works at and so then the next morning we see that jim the guy that she brought home looks at maggie in a way that he shouldn't have looked at her but maggie also shouldn't have done what she did but that's who she is i have a note that says cameron plays a drunk very well oh yeah big time she played that character really well in my opinion yeah she did play maggie very well i think everyone played their character very well i didn't see any issues with anyone she was also i was just making a comment in general but like what was popular in the 2000 and fives early 2000s was just like stick thin girls mm-hmm. so popular yeah and that, i think that's why like cameron diaz was so popular because she fit with the um quote a status quo like the ideal yeah. female like the what people wanted yeah so it seems as though Maggie is kind of a klepto when it comes to money. <laughs> so she goes around, she finds money, she steals money from Jim, and she finds money from Rose to steal. And when she's like going through the fridge, she finds that there's like an ad page that Rose had put up to try and entice her. And like, and was like, look here, don't take this. No, seriously, when it came to the shoes, there was notes saying, like, go away like no yeah and left them all around the house of like don't take this don't touch this yeah of course Maggie's like I'm not gonna listen to this (laughs) and so she ends up taking shoes because like they have the same size feet and she goes and interviews for an MTV (laughs) commercial (laughs) oh VJ sorry yeah which was very popular back then huge 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 see that much no um and this is key because this is when we find out that Maggie, not not comfortable reading, not good at reading. Not comfortable. I can't remember if like it was dyslexia or she just didn't have, she Ooh. wasn't used to doing it. So therefore she just preferred not to. Yeah. It wasn't mentioned um, if she did have dyslexia, but. Um, well, the doctor, the professor asked her. Yes. Okay. She didn't. I don't remember if she confirmed it though. So I just think it was like confidence is more or less what it comes down to. And then on the flip side of things, Rose gets asked to go to Chicago with her boss, which she's kind of all excited for. And we find out that Maggie tanks the MTV. And so when we get back, Rose is helping her with her 
resume. And so then we find out that she's like had a long list of jobs that she's never been able to keep. And then Maggie wants to do Rose's makeup and like get dressed up and go out for the night. And she kind of is like, why do you buy these if you're never going to wear them? And I think like what she said was like really sad. Rose, I buy them when I'm sad because they always fit. I was like, oh, that's so So sad. sad. Yeah. And like huge commentary as to like where people were and still are with themselves in 2005. And like this is and like clothing wise of like how people yeah feel about their bodies. Yeah. And like this is when all of a sudden I was like, okay, this is not the film that I thought I was no, going much, to be watching. Much deeper this than this is getting very dark. There's a lot of like subtle meaning and hints as to like what we're alluding to. So they go to a bar, but then they end up at a diner. And and Rose just can't help herself and ask if they are hiring. Yeah. And so this came up in the bonus feature, how the first shot of them talking and getting along is you see them both together. And then as soon as the question gets flipped to the waitress of like, are you hiring? It's It's just one, one, one. one, one. And you can see on Allison, it's like it's them back and forth against each other. So then we see Rose gets picked up and Jim is not in the car. He's not going. He had sent Simon instead and she seems very disappointed. Yeah. Maggie is applying for jobs and she's walking around and breaks one of her sister's shoes. (laughs) She ends up getting a job at the dog groomer. Yeah. And she gets a call from the stepmother that you have to clean your room. Oh, we should also mention that when she got dropped off being drunk at the very beginning of the film, she gets kicked out by her stepmother because her dad doesn't want to deal with her anymore. So Marsha is the stepmother's daughter. daughter, And so she will be moving into the room. Well, she makes she says, like, you got to come pick up yourself because my my Marsha's I'm going to be needing this for the nursery. And then Maggie's like, oh, is she pregnant? And then the stepmom's like, um, she she will be soon. And yeah. it's, yeah. So she's going around the house. She's looking for cash. She doesn't find any. Instead, she finds cards from grandparents that were never given to them as kids. But there's also cash in those. Though. Yes. So she was all excited about that. And she takes the entire, like, stack of them from the, yeah. the drawer. Then we see Maggie at the dog groomers. Um, it's kind of comical because it's not going well. And then we see her car being towed. No, like not physically being towed. But, but it's it, gone. It yeah. had been towed. It wasn't her car. It's Rose's car. So she's freaking out. And then unfortunately, like strangers <sighs> approach her and she's just easygoing and likes to have a good time and they're like oh like we know what happened to your car like oh yours too this is where you pick it up but are you in a rush like let's go get a drink and she's like yeah sounds good let's go get a drink and then i don't like using the word easygoing though because i feel as though she just puts too much trust into other into people sp- okay yeah because she took them on their word rather than ever being skeptical of like well why are all of a sudden you just want to go out with me yeah. Anyways, at the end of the day, she ends up in a vehicle with them and they're they, driven to they they take her to yeah. go get her car, but then they they kind of force themselves on her and she clearly shows that she's not interested. She gets out of the vehicle, she runs, she grabs her sister's car, 
doesn't pay for whatever and then drives off. Yeah. And so when Rose gets home, she sees that there's a dog in bed with Maggie (laughs) and she's all confused and Maggie's trying to tell her what had happened. happened. Rose wants absolutely nothing to do with it. Just wants the dog gone and her gone as well. Yeah. So then Rose goes outside because she needs to leave and she finds out there's a boot being put on a boot on her car because like it had been taken from the yard and it wasn't paid for. And so when she confronts Maggie again as to like what had happened, she tries to tell, but she wants absolutely nothing to do with her. And this is where she gets kicked out and the dog does not go with Maggie. Maggie leaves the dog. So Rose ends up with the dog. She didn't leave quite yet, though, because Jim shows up at the door. Where does Rose go when Jim comes over? Rose goes to the firm and Rose wanted to confront Jim about being left. Correct. Yeah. So Jim, before any of that had come back or before, had come over to find Rose, but she, he finds Maggie. Maggie instead. Yeah. Yeah. And so when Rose comes home, she finds Maggie sleeping with Jim. And that's when she gets thrown like out. Kicked out. Yeah. Officially. Leaves was- the dog and then goes to the train station and tries to buy a ticket to New York. Yes. Doesn't end up because she decides to go visit her grandmother she's never met before instead. In Florida. Yeah. And then I was like, man, that must be one long train ride. Oh, yeah. So then we are first introduced to Ella, the grandmother. She's single. She has friends. She's lived in her best life at the active seniors home. It's not a home, but like there's seniors there. Um, And it's mentioned that she has no kids. And then all of a sudden we see that Maggie calls Ella to get picked up. So then Maggie and Ella are kind of chatting and kind of getting to know each other and we find out that Ira the granddad had died three years ago Mm -hmm. and Ella's daughter Maggie's mom Caroline was killed from a car accident then we flip back to Rose and she's actually decided to leave the firm yeah she's obviously upset about what happened with her sister and Jim and does not want to go back to the office which for very obvious reasons. Yeah. And she finds out that Maggie is not at her dad's. And so she lies to him being like, oh, yeah, she's still with me. You know, she has no idea. And she's stuck with this dog. dog. And she keeps calling and the phone number no longer exists. Yeah. Ella finds out that dad never gave the kids the cards for the birthday. So she's now realizing they don't know I exist, basically. Rose finds out there are rumors about her being sick because Simon finds her on the street and it was like, you look fine. He convinces her to go for lunch with him. And he's been asking, like, this is the second time that yes. he's asked her for food and he does not even let her give the opportunity to say no. Yeah. He just is like, no, we're going. Yeah. So they go out for dinner. It's pleasant. He's just like, if you want to go out again, like, this is what I like to do call me like if you want to have a good time like he's a really really nice guy for him her Mm -hmm. so Maggie asks why there are no pictures of mom and she's kind of like opening questions as to what's going on 
And Ella reveals that she was pushed out of the family and she was ultimately blamed for Ella being yeah. killed because there was like certain medication that she was on and she was trying to convince her to stay on the medication. But then dad didn't want her on oh, the medication yeah. because she then couldn't get pregnant. So there was a lot of family drama happening. Did we discuss the dog? Oh, we haven't gotten there yet. We would have because she's hanging out with Simon, though. Yeah, I think there's a scene coming up. Because she starts, she doesn't work at the firm anymore and she's walking dogs now. Um, she took the dog out for a walk. Um, and someone was like, oh my goodness, is that? I can't remember his name, honey. Honey bun. But oh, I don't know what that the actual, actual name you know. is. And she's like, uh, yeah, I'm just walking it. Oh, I thought someone was boarding him for this long. And she's like, yeah, totally. I'm actually a dog walker. And then everyone's like, oh, you're a dog walker? Would you like to take my dog? So she finds out where the dog is supposed to be originally from. She goes and returns the dog. And then she makes a deal. She makes a deal with the um, owner of the groomer. And she is now a dog walker. And she walks the dogs daily and you can see her like that's how in a way that she's getting her fitness and yeah. like her fitness in and she, you can tell that she's starting to feel really good about herself yeah because like there's when she's in the rain and she's like clearly upset and then there's other moments when she's like truly enjoying her yeah. time meanwhile the biggest like moment that happens is um ella finds maggie snooping for money and then yeah meanwhile yeah M- maggie's having this entire transformation through the grandmother is basically mothering her and challenges her to get a job and she will match paycheck for paycheck because mm-hmm. she needs three thousand dollars so all she needs to make is fifteen hundred dollars and then she can to get back yeah yeah go to new york and do what she wants to do and this is when she starts working as a like a care aide or like yeah, at, just at the help. hospital yeah. yeah um and then she meets this lovely man who just wants her to read a poetry book to her and as we discussed earlier um maggie is uncomfortable reading so she initially refuses but he is kindly persistent Mm -hmm. um and this says like poetry is meant to be read slow um just take your time and then she really falls in love with reading poetry to this man yeah and i guess significant amount of time had passed because Rose gets proposed to. Oh, yeah. And then there's this big parent meeting. Dad asks where Maggie is, and Rose lies again. And Simon really wants to still meet her. Yeah. And Ella asks about Rose. Like, they're now asking about each other. Like, why haven't you invited her? And Rose, sorry, Maggie kind of lies. And in this time, Ella goes through maggie's stuff and gets an address for rose and mails a letter to rose to let her know no doesn't even let her know that maggie's there just as like hey if you want to come visit me and come meet me like i'm still here i'm still alive don't know if you know anything about me um yeah yeah so then (laughs) there's a bridal party thrown by the step monster (laughs) and they make fun of rose just mean it was really mean and the most comical <laughs> thing is when Rose pulls the knife, knife out on the step monster. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that was like, oh, that was really good comedic, um, a breakup that we really needed. Yeah. And then she's just panicked about Rose the entire time. Yeah. 
so this is also like there's issues starting to happen happen with the relationship between Simon and Rose. And then they kind of like go on a break because he's saying like, you're not you're not the person that I was initially meeting. Yeah. And you're not you're not being honest with me. And then they end up at a a bridal or a work thing of some sort yes. for something. And they she runs into Jim and she confides in Jim because Jim is the reason why Maggie isn't there. And then Simon sees them talking and is aware of their past relationship. And he gets mad at her. And I think he gets appropriately mad at her because you're not opening up to me. You're confiding in him. Why, why, why? And Rose is still unwilling to share yeah the information yeah so this is when she finds the letter Mm -hmm. and then decides to go Go. yeah and leave and we also see there is development on maggie's side because she gets she finds someone who's have she's like lost as she was trying to make her way to the mall. mall yes and she couldn't make it and she was like, I can help you. Yeah, the mall's overwhelming and, and people are moving fast and they don't have clothes for me and all these things. Yeah, so she offers her services and she gets this cute little outfit and she's like totally happy. And Maggie comes up with this wonderful idea of being a personal shopper for everyone the, and servicing yeah. the community. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is like playing to her strengths. Like she's like found something yeah and she's loving it having so much fun and then rose shows up and is like what and but like, maggie answers the door and is like what are you they're doing both like here? why are you here like what yeah <laughs> who told you it's found out that rose is engaged and maggie's like what do you mean you're engaged? Well, Maggie, you also didn't give any way for her to contact you. <laughs> yeah. And Maggie doesn't expect her to forgive her, but she is truly sorry for what she had done. She's kind of like realizing what had happened. Yeah. Then the three of them are sitting down. They're going through photos. There's a story that comes up about mom and there was a fight about dad and it was two days before her death. But Maggie isn't remembering it the way that Rose had. Yeah. Because she's younger. Rose was wasn't told as to what had happened to her mother that she committed suicide getting in a car crash. She figured it out and she protected Maggie from these harmful memories when she was 6 years old and only provided good ones. Yeah, and like she basically re- sacrificed if, her, yeah. her childhood in order to make sure that Maggie had a good one. Yeah. Then, so they're like having a heart to heart because Rose reveals that she's no longer engaged and Maggie's like all upset. She's like, what do you mean? And so then she comes up with a plan to get Simon to come down and Simon comes down and meets. There's. Well, she gets Simon to come down. She lies. She says that. She's pregnant. Rose is pregnant. And he comes and he's like, oh my goodness, you're pregnant. Why didn't you tell me? And she's like, huh? So that was all on Maggie. And they kind of have a conversation and try and discuss and. Um, work through Rose not being completely honest with Simon. Yeah. And then Simon also gets to meet Maggie. Yeah. So another like big thing that happens before like the final scenes of the film, uh, the gentleman that Maggie was reading to passed away. Oh my goodness. So sad. That was really sad. And uh, the wedding's back on. Small fun, fun thing though is... The 
man that she was reading to at one point was like, oh, like I have a, my nephew is a doctor, like you should talk to him. And Maggie typically would have been like, oh my goodness, of course, like set me up with him. And she's like, no, I'm okay. So then when he passes on, um, the, the nephew, nephew is yeah. there and she's like, oh, like you must be his, his nephew. And he's like, yeah, are you Maggie? And she's like, yeah. He said, oh, he used to talk about you. He, he really enjoyed you reading. So that was nice. Or at least like he it was. It had nice closure. Sure. Yeah. That was like the one thing that I really appreciated about that. Simon and Rose leave and Maggie wants to buy Rose's wedding dress. And Rose is like kind of petrified. And we see now we fast forward to the wedding because Ella has showed up at the wedding dad apologizes to ella for like what and she's they kind of like reconcile like they both had made mistakes but yeah. like there was definitely an apology that was needed and the wedding was really cute they had it at where simon and mm-hmm. rose had their first like official date yeah um at the jamaican like a, jerk house or something yeah, yeah uh i have a note that her dress was beautiful it was yeah. It still looks beautiful. Yeah, it didn't it didn't age or like date itself at all. It was lovely. No. And we see that Maggie reads a poem for Rose mm-hmm. and she no longer is nervous speaking, which was really great. Then we have the thing where the thing gets smashed. The Jewish thing. I don't know what it is. And I'm the glass that gets smashed, yes. Yeah. I always I have a question. Like, why does every Jewish wedding scene scene, not Jewish wedding? Begins with the smashing because the long King Polly did this as well. I think it just signifies that it's a Jewish wedding, but it has to do with like when they break it, it means that they're something to do with put trying to put this glass back together would be as hard as it would be to separate this, like to end this marriage. Gotcha. I believe I had this explained to me when I was in like grade six. Okay. So this I, is what my memory is telling me. Could be completely wrong. Feel free to call me out. Gotcha. Could look it up. So then the movie kind of ends there because like the wedding party and then they send her off in the vehicle and it's like mm-hmm. a happy yeah, ever and after. Then Maggie skips skips back off and goes dancing and it it's it was nice. Yeah. Your rating story. Uh a story I gave it a three. You gave it a three. I gave it a three point five. I felt as though there was significant character development because that is the whole point of the story. <laughs> uh I think it tied up really well on loose ends i just felt as though it was long it was a long story yeah i think it would do very well as a four episode piece oh yeah i i I think i think you could remake like it the story holds up well nothing about it was like oh that aged poorly or like it it was it was good yeah i think i just felt as though because the first hour took so long to set up their relationship. Like I said, it, it felt like in two parts. There was like a beginning, clear beginning, part one, and then into a part two. Yeah, and I just think there could be more things that could be brought forward and talked about and whatnot that I think an episodic would be really cool for this music. I gave music a three. You gave it a three? I gave it a 2.5. Nothing stood out. The only thing that stood out was the first song. And then after that, I kind of, it was what it was. Yeah. So I gave it a middle of the road. Scenes and locations. Four. Really? Yes. Love that we saw New York. Okay. 
It wasn't New, uh, New York. York. It was Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Yeah. Thank you. Philadelphia. And love that we saw Florida. Like you got two different vibes. You got like this nice, warm, bright feel. And then you got this like dreary, cold weather. Um, and I, I liked it. I wish it was widescreen. Yeah. Man, would that have changed? But I, I enjoyed it. I gave it a three. I found it to be average, nothing like stunning and nothing. Oh, I really, I also like the way they dressed, like they used Rose's clothing. Like obviously the comment about the shoe. I don't know. I, the, the, I'm just saying why. The visuals. Yeah. 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 No, that's totally fair. Your overall? 6.66666. Okay. I'm a six out of 10. IMDb has it at 6.5. You okay. are closer. Huh. It's not that it's a competition <laughs> of who can get a spot on. <laughs> not at all. Do we keep this DVD? Um, no, I don't feel the need to keep this DVD. I would love for someone to remake it, though. I would. Now too. that you mentioned it, I, I, I would watch if someone remade this or made it into a mini series. I would definitely watch it. I think there are a lot of new elements that could be brought forward mm-hmm. to it that would help. I think. The stigma of mental health that is breaking down could be a huge topic that needs to be brought forward. Yeah, and not a lot of movies. More current ones, yes, we get more of a taste, but not a lot of movies that I've really seen address this. Like, showed like, no, your mother committed suicide, and like, this is what she was going through. And they, 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 they spoke of the mother in such a, I was, I was going to say, fascinating way, but. They really gave her depth or understanding of what what she was like as a mother um, and how we didn't speak of this, but the mother like one day just took them from school. Yeah, that and, was like, one you of could, the stories. You could, you could tell that the mom was clearly struggling with something by doing that action. And the dad had no idea where the girls were. He went to go pick them up at school and like panicked was like, Woody, why, why are you just taking the girls from school? You can't you can't just do that. Like art, like what is going on? Why did you do this? And she did that um, a couple days before she actually died. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's why like an episodic would be really cool because you could get flashbacks. flashbacks, Yeah. And see and like see the mom struggle. And what? Yeah. Yeah. But like it could then turn into Rose's nightmares. She's remembering as a kid. Yeah. Of like and seeing certain things. But then Maggie is, is. having a daydream and seeing specific things like play out. And so like, who knows? Could be in the book. Well, that's the other thing. Don't know what's in the book. Things kind of slightly change. They did interview the writer and she actually really liked what they had changed in the. Okay, that's good. She felt as though they had even built on more layers for the characters. Nice. Okay, we can draw for the next film for next week's episode. This This is all you. Oh, we're in a different setup, so it's all you. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Okay. I've seen it. I don't know this one. Um, has Nicolas Cage. Okay. Um, I don't... The main actor is not someone that I think is really popular, so... I like... Yeah, I think it's based off of a book, book. as well. Yeah. My guess it's uh, Witchcrafty. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's magic. There's magic? Cool. Okay. So it'll be sci-fi and whatnot. Not sci-fi. I guess that is science fiction. No, is that? Uh, what? What... Is science fiction classified as fantasy? Fantasy. There, there we go. go. That's the, the like, genre. Do you do Harry Potter, Potter and sci-fi? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay, we will end the episode there. 
Thank you so much for downloading and listening. If you would like to follow us on any of our social medias, those are linked down below in our show notes. Have a really great week. Yeah. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.